Growler Media presents Joe vs. the Minute. Welcome back to another minute of Joe vs. the Minute. That's awkward to say. We're a podcast about the movie Joe vs. the Volcano. We're Movies by Minute podcast, which means we cover one minute of the movie per podcast episode. And we consist today of myself, Tierney Steele, and my guest, Chris Callahan. Hi, Chris. We do not have Jarf with us today because this is another on-location podcasting. Yes. We are currently sitting in the Pierre in New York City. Very nice. Very nice. (laughs) Doesn't look exactly like this one, but we are going to get a lot of the Pierre today. This is Minute 44, which starts with Marshall talking to Joe in front of the Pierre. He's giving him a Actually, Joe is giving Marshall a piece of advice that I've yeah. used in my life. We'll get into that. It ends with Joe being poured a martini on his lonely night on the town. So where would you like to start today, Mr. Callahan? Well, you mentioned, you know, this is the last scene with Marshall, mm-hmm. correct? Um, yeah. And some minor things we were talking because it's played by Ozzie Davis. And Ozzie Davis and um, his wife, Ruby D, also an actress, um, They, my mom met both of them once. <gasps> Ooh. This is back when she was in college. She went to Wilson College, a small um, all-women's uh, college near Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, that area. So this would have probably been, I think, probably been like 75 or 76. They both came to talk at the school, and I think she was able to sit at a table with them and Aww. chat with them a bit. So they were both very nice. So I was like, hey, Aww. that's good. So it was good to see him on the screen. This is a beautiful minute because Marshall has been giving Joe all this advice for the past couple weeks and really helping him discover himself. And this is the minute where we kind of see the fruition that's probably not the word i'm looking for but we see that joe has changed the joe that got into this limo that ordered a limo does that come with the driver do you rent anything else (laughs) no okay then that's it then like this is not the same guy this is a clean cut clean shaven wearing a nice suit being dropped off at the pr guy and he invited marshall to dinner and marshall says like no i gotta get home yeah Yeah, my my day of adventure is over Yes. <laughs> Joe's adventure is just beginning. And Marshall does seem a little bit concerned about him, you know, and he says, haven't you got anybody? You know, isn't there anyone who could go to dinner with you tonight? And Joe's response is no. Yeah, he's very upfront. <laughs> yeah. And then he says, but maybe there are some times in your life when you're not supposed to have anybody. Then he says, you know, some doors you just got to walk through alone, which is absolutely beautiful when you think about this movie. Like, he is going through this last night in New York alone. He has shed the office. He has shed DD. He is now completely on his own. He's a new person. But the next day, he's going to do something like this. Going into the pier literally is the door that he has to go through alone to come out on the other side to do the rest of the movie. And there have definitely been times in my life, especially when I went to grad school, Mm. I moved I moved to Boston in January. I don't recommend that. It's very intimidating. <laughs> well, it's dark like at like three a... thirty <laughs> and there's snow on the ground and I you don't know anybody and it's very it's it's intimidating. And that was a point in my life where I'd been work I'd been living at home, working a retail job. Yeah. Not that I didn't have 
friends, but I didn't have the casual college friends anymore. We mm-hmm. kind of lost track of each other. And I really only had one or two friends from college that I was still even in contact with. And by that, I mean like Facebook and getting together for drinks every few months. Yeah. Um, didn't have the, you love this story, I know, but like the college guy had gotten a girlfriend who said he wasn't allowed to talk to me or she'd break up with him. And nice. so yeah. felt very oh. much like I had lost all the people. Yes, yeah. <laughs> And moving to a city alone was very intimidating. And I would remind myself of this, that like there are times in your life where you're on your own. Yeah. And that's okay. It's not forever. It's not, you know, maybe yeah. maybe you're at the end of this week going to get on a plane and go to LA and meet Meg Ryan again. Hey. But, <laughs> <laughs> but that idea, this has been a very big idea in my life that there are going to be times, there are going to be things that you have to do and you don't depend on someone. Like you yeah. aren't going to have someone else there to hold your hand to go through it with you. And you just got to do it. Yes. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I did, I did a very similar story in terms of coming to Boston for grad school. It was just, it was became the first time I ever lived alone, really. Um, I always had, like, roommates or lived at home. So it was definitely, yeah, it was a, a tough, tough time to learn through. But looking back, you can think back to this now to say, you know, sometimes just go through it alone a little bit. Just get your feet steady and, you know, just sort of let things come as yeah. they come. Yeah. Some experiences. And, and then he literally walks through the door yeah. alone. Uh, it's beautifully symbolic. Yeah. I just was downstairs taking pictures of this entranceway yeah. <laughs> and seeing the uh, the luggage carts, which look exactly the same and possibly are the same. Like, I know this movie is a 1990 movie, but it hasn't been that long. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> and then we walked through the rotunda and we're taking pictures. So obviously, not to like put us down, this is a gorgeous room we're sitting oh, in. Oh, yes, yes. We do not have the suite that George, yeah. uh, that Joe obviously has in this Exactly like his. We yeah. don't have a fruit basket that we're like <laughs> grabbing bites off of before we put on our suspenders and yeah. go down to dinner. <laughs> no suspenders with me this, this weekend. <laughs> I love his little like shimmy to get the suspenders on. It's very sweet. Very good, like non-vocal acting. Just very, so good, good mm-hmm. job at that. And then we have the beautiful symbolism. And I will say the restaurant doesn't look like this now. The Pierre is famous. They have this rotunda. Yes. The little small round room, obviously, with these gorgeous murals all like surrounding across the ceiling. Covers everything. Yeah. Yep. And you walk through that to get to the restaurant. Yep. And that's, you can have tea there, but I think that's... That's the only meal they really serve in there unless the restaurant is packed and they need the tables. I'm wondering if where he's sitting is what it used to look like. That could be. Yes. There's a little. Because it doesn't look like that now. Yeah. Um, And very frustratingly, of course, IMDb for location shooting just says New York City. Yes. Not helpful. So I don't know exactly where it's supposed to be, but I love like him sitting alone at the table and you see the waiter walking in the background between the two doors. That's a great shot. Oh, yeah. It's so well done. <laughs> now, it makes me think, too. I wonder, um, it probably was much later, but whenever the Taj bought the Pierre, would that have been? It was later. It much was later. in this century. Okay. Um, yeah. It was definitely in the 2000s. Okay. So I'm curious I'm to see sure. the timeline of, yeah. This seems think? like something I should be able to find out yeah. sitting in the <laughs> Pierre, <laughs> looking at a book on the Pierre produced by the Taj. The but Taj. Um, I wonder if they have a little, like, history of the hotel thing. Hotel. History. 2012. 
Told you. 2012. So yeah, so much, much later. Okay, so still. You know what? Yeah. Now that it's pinging, because we mentioned on Monday that like, oh, there was a little bit of time where people weren't sure and they yeah. were nervous in the Taj because the recession. That's true. I bet you anything, the recession hit. Because that was always yeah. a weird thing. So um, yeah, the Gossip Girl books oh, yeah. were published yeah. in the very early 2000s. Okay. And then the Gossip Girl TV show started. And then the recession hit. And it yes. became this very weird, surreal thing where, like, you, you're watching this fictionalized world where these people have no worries about money. And it was the height of, like, oh, look, Americans are living in their cars. Maybe hobos will come back. How oh, bad okay. is this going to get? Yes. Is this going to become an actual depression? Yeah. Like, and so they always said, like, that's one of the weird things that happened to Gossip Girls just because of when it started airing. Yeah. Like, that first season... Seemed totally normal, you know, like, yeah, yeah this is this is a fancy. teen show yeah. about fancy rich, you know, rich, pretty teenagers having problems. Yeah. A TV trope that has done very well over the years. Yeah. And then as the recession went on, but Gossip Girl, sort of. like, it was supposed to be an escapism, yes. but because it wasn't addressing any, like, it's very, none of these parents lost their money. Yeah. No one had any reaction to what was so going it, on in the country. And it got yeah. very weird. So it raises more questions. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And so I wonder if that was the thing, if it got caught up in that. Oh, um, so the Pierre opened its doors on October 1st, 1930. Okay. So we're here in, the, hey. in, the, in October. And you think about when they filmed it, so at 89, sort of where New York City was at at that time. Sort of, it's on the, it seems to be building back up. But obviously at 87 was the big market crash. And I think the city, you know, it seems like definitely been watching, I've been watching this very kind of grim show called The Deuce. Looking at New York at a few different time periods. And last season set, is set in 85 in New York. And it was, you know, some people were saying that was part of the roughest, especially the Times Square area by then had been incredibly <laughs> rough and dangerous in a lot of the city. But I think by the late 80s, it might start to be slowly building up again. But you're right with some so the economy wasn't the greatest then too so <laughs> causing some problems and i did see something about the taj just taking a quick peek when it was bought um by the when, when, sorry when the pierre was bought oh, by the taj starting in this says in tw- in 2005 the pierre joins the prestigious collection of taj hotel resorts palaces safaris a subsidiary oh, okay uh, in 2009, the hotel undergoes its largest full-scale renovation since John Paul Getty, now honored with the Getty suit. Uh, the space once occupied by the Pierre's Gentleman's Library becomes the 2E Bar and Lounge. Okay. The rotunda reopens after a complete restoration. And then in 2017, the restaurant that we ate at opens. And actually, green. In my mistake, it looks like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, I see the, the date was wrong on the initial link. So, yeah, 2005, yeah, updated in 2012 was yeah. this article. So that makes that, but... Uh, 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 yeah. In its history, 1995 is when it mentions Joe versus the volcano. Okay. Hotel is ready for its close-up when it becomes a featured location in key scenes from movies including Scent of a Woman, Joe vs. the Volcano, and Meet Joe Black. Okay, so it picks up. It also looks like um, the Taj Group, they actually, Pierre wasn't their first choice in this time period. They initially tried to purchase uh, the Carlisle Hotel, but were outbid. Mm -hmm. They also tried to acquire the Intercontinental Hotel. Did not work. But one of the keys about getting the Pierre, which has been good, is that they've, at least at the time, part of a clutch of 80 apartments 
Walts are in the Pierre. They were owned at certain times by um, people like Michael Eisner of the Walt Disney Company at the time owned a, owned a spot here. So is this a very Should we keep spot? going backwards in time? Of course. In 1954, frequent guest Audrey Hepburn is honored in a ceremony celebrating her Academy Award for Roman Holiday. There's a beautiful picture of it. Wow. She resides at the Pierre while shooting Breakfast at Tiffany's. Hey. Which makes sense because it's just a couple blocks down the street. Yeah. And I really love they talk about the birdcage, which was a glass cocktail bar that would be suspended from the ceiling of the rotunda. <laughs> <laughs> there was uh, the Pierre Grill with an open kitchen where Andean curries are served table side. So okay. that we mentioned the background there. And then 1938 was when John Paul Getty, wow. Getty Oil, buys the hotel and famously calls it his only above ground asset. Getty. We learned a little bit about the Gettys. That's an interesting. I, when you were talking yeah. about the deuce, I was like, yeah, I, uh, I have another connection. The deuce was beautifully made, oh. well acted. I checked out of it very quickly because yeah. I saw where this was going. And I'm Heavy like, you show. know what? I like sleeping. Let's not. Yes. But the Getty miniseries, the one with Brendan Fraser oh, yeah. that we watched. Trust. Trust was amazing. Very and that good. Was Donald Sutherland, right? Donald Sutherland. As John Paul Getty. Yep. Which yep. was a connection to Mash Minute, which was the last Movies by Minute podcast I made. So see, everything is hey, everything is coming together. That's great. Oh yeah. So So yes, that's our little our little mini history. History tour is great. The we jumped around a bit. Thank you for letting me throw out yeah, these little yep, details. Yep, little, that's great. Little uh on the air research. Yeah. Happening. Look, we're two librarians. It's gonna happen. Hey, we have to look it up and see what's going on. But yeah, no, it's fascinating. My sister said she loved that about hanging out with you. It was like any question that was posed to the group you knew like within five minutes Chris would have his phone out and be find the answer <laughs> well, that's the thing I've heard before about librarians not that librarians know everything it's that they know how to find just about anything so <laughs> Let's try to live up to that. Joe gets his, Joe gets dressed. He goes and has a fancy dinner. He goes out to a bar. I don't know where this, if this. Do you think it's in the hotel or would you throw it went out? I'm not sure because we're going to see him on Friday. Oh. We're going to see him walking back to the hotel, which would imply to me that That's he went out true. on true. the town hmm. a little bit. But definitely in this area yeah. still. Yeah. And this is the scene that um in the bar that always reminds me of Splash. Oh, which I've yes. already talked about on the show. Yep. Another Tom Hanks, yep. New York City, yep. <laughs> late 80s, early 90s movie. And in that one, there's a famous scene where he and John Candy are at the bar oh, before him. Yeah. He's like, I fell asleep in the pretzels. <laughs> <laughs> it's absolutely fabulous. And he gets... Some sort of martini, I'm guessing. Yes, yeah. I got a last word. Oh, yes. He had a good... Which was in a coupe, which is very fun. It was delicious. But yeah, it was gin-based and it had green chartreuse in it. We have a friend who does not believe us. That chartreuse in itself is a purplish color. No. I don't know where that came from exactly. It's wrong. (laughs) So... But she likes to proclaim the chartreuse will set you free. And so, so the minute I saw a drink with chartreuse in it that, you know, I liked the other things in it too. I was like, oh, all right, yeah. well, that's what I'm getting. <laughs> now, wait a minute. We can also still eventually do a you do a movies by minute on the chartreuse caboose, which is a film that's out there. So you want to do a movies by minute on the cl- chartreuse caboose? Has anyone I, claimed it yet? I just I need to know. We'll, we'll, we'll look into that later. As movies by Minuteer Liz Whitaker has said, comments made on podcasts are not binding. No. Facebook comments are. So ah, be careful. Be right. careful searching that. No, don't claim that. <laughs> and also, over all this, we mentioned 
Chris mentioned it's, you know, good nonverbal acting. Like, there's no... A- no. After Marshall leaves, there's no dialogue yeah, in this minute. Yeah, yeah. But there is Elvis Presley's Blue Moon. That's true. Very good version of that song. I've gotten made fun of for not liking Elvis Presley songs. It's like, <laughs> I do like Elvis Presley. Yes. I just think Big Mama Thornton does a better hound dog. Hey, you know? <laughs> Some good stuff, yeah. It's it's fair because when he was up and coming, he was trying to imitate a bunch of these blues singers. And he was it, kind of packaged in a way of, hey, we can make this music more palatable yeah. to different audiences. So there and were a so few different a things at once, yeah. Weird, but the later one, you know, there's kind of that sweet spot. There's when he was up and coming where, like, the music is fun, but you just know, like, okay, there are, like, better versions of these songs. Yeah. And then his late music, like the Vegas stuff, I'm not as into because I'm just like, all right, whatever. Yeah. But there's that sweet spot where you're listening to like a little less conversation, like a little less conversation I always think of as Vegas because of oceans. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. So that was a good one. But, oh, yeah. but like that um, can't help falling in love with you. Like he has a lot of good songs and you just kind of need to like hit it right. And I will also say um, I watched the movie blue hawaii because i was like ah oh, this is gonna be great and i'm super obsessed with hawaii hey, you know? and it was one of those where like it was going so well and then at one point he literally picks up the young girl who's in love with him and like i'm gonna spank you you need to learn a lesson or something like that and i was just like whoa 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 no 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 this is not cool this is not okay and then like the girl's parents have a um live on hawaii and have a servant of a different ethnic so, background. Like, it was gets, one of those movies where, like, it was so fun because it was filmed in Oahu. That's and so which is at the this time. This was when sure, I was yeah. first back, and it was like, oh yeah. my God, this is amazing to see, and I want to watch it, and Elvis is surfing. Isn't this great? Yeah. And then there were those little things where you're just like, oh, this is taking me out of this like, movie. Not okay. Nope. <laughs> just want to throw out there, it looks like Blue Moon was covered by Bob Dylan at one point. So I assume Blue Moon was covered by a lot of people oh, yes. at some point. <laughs> I was looking through the, I was like, Bob Dylan's version must be an interesting sounding adventure. All right, adventure, well, maybe we'll look that up. We also have to watch out. It was, it's um, the anthem of Premier League Football Club Manchester City. They Uh-oh. use Blue Moon, so let now, your mom. No, I will say I don't mind because Katie Nolan's podcast, her producer Jay, I think it's Jay. I hope I'm remembering this right. Someone on a podcast I listened to is a Manchester City fan. Oh, yeah. Because his dad went on like a business trip to Manchester, England, UK, yeah. whatever, and knew he was super into soccer. So he's like, oh, I'll get him a jersey. And all the Man U ones were really expensive. Uh, and the Manchester yeah. City one was really cheap. So he got him a Manchester City jersey. <laughs> and to this day, he's still a Manchester City fan and like always defends them. And it purely was his dad being like, well, this is like half the price. I'm yeah. just going to get this one. Hey, and like, like not really knowing what He'll be the difference was. It says Manchester on a tape. Yeah, exactly. That was kind of his theory. And so I was like, that's kind of sweet. I like that when there's like a reason you root for oh, yeah. an very unusual random. team. Oh, yeah. And I say that as a Browns fan living in Boston. Hey, you know, it's, the Browns needs extra help. I just like to be contrary. That's, I just want them to be happy. Yes, hey. Cleveland <laughs> has some interesting times in its past. So They have a dog. They have two dogs, actually. They have their on-field dog. Well, it was Swagger. Apparently, he is retiring, and um, his son is taking over. Okay, good. And then they have a dog, Moose, who lives in their office building. That's That's a stray that was adopted. So, I mean, how could you not root for the Browns? Oh, no, the Browns, the original Browns became the Baltimore Ravens. That's a whole sad story right there. But so... 
these Browns mm-hmm. use some help. Who knows what the where their record will be at by that? Would they have? Will they have just played in the Super Bowl by the time this this podcast's out? We don't know. <laughs> we'll see. Oh, let's see. What else happens in this movie? We've talked about Elvis Presley. We've talked yeah. about the Pierre. We've talked about existential crises that you go through. Yeah. Like, I... Any times of life, you can sometimes you yeah, realize, exactly. hey, I have to be solo for this. We usually joke, oh, we do Wednesday wisdom, hashtag oh. Wednesday wisdom. Hey, Tom built- Hanks is serving the Wednesday wisdom oh, today. it's built I right not, in. I can build, I can add nothing to the beauty of yeah. the reassurance that sometimes you got to go through something alone to get to the other side. Hey, it's a so. good, good comment. Yeah. yeah. So I think that will wrap us up for today. We see him, you know, out on the town, and I think we've kind of spoiled it by calling it Joe's Lonely Night on the Town, that he's not going to, like, turn around and bump into a gorgeous girl and fall in love and stay with her instead of going out to the volcano. Like, no, no. No, it's... We know. Movie's still a ways to go, so... But that's, like, the point of this film. It's the journey. Yes. And so this is an important part of it. Exactly. (laughs) So we will sign off from the Pierre and their lovely history book that i'm flipping yes. through. <laughs> thank you pierre yes oh my goodness and again you know hey if you want to uh sponsor you us deal you with just, taj you come well, talk with me i'll come back hey, like i have no problem with that you can record in every taj hotel you want to send us to so hey i'll hey, do it we'll see raise my hand i'm like hey that works for me and we have our friday episode and then i will be rejoined by jarf hey, i back, do jarf. I do miss him. As fun as it is podcasting with you, I miss him. And I especially miss that he's the one that knows how to do our outro. Oh. He always, like, leads us into it so naturally. And then I get to say, away from the things of man, of course. Away from the things of man. But that doesn't make any sense without any lead up to it. No. I was going to say hello to fellow Black Lightning fan, Jarf. Oh. There you go. Another fun show out there. You so. two bonding over your superhero TV so shows. Have to catch up. <laughs> we'll compare notes. See where we're at. We're post-crisis now at the time this rec- when this episode comes out. So we'll have to see okay. what happens by then. All right. Well, post-crises, existential crises, uh, midlife crises. Uh, quarter-life crises we discussed. So it's... All connected. Yes. We will be back with more on Friday. And we will close out this last evening in New York for Joe Banks. Hey. Now I don't know. I don't know. Wow, something is really different. I'm a growler.